you you put Ronnie Coleman on a, a HIT program, you put him on a you know a, a super high volume. He's gonna look like Ronnie Coleman. What's up, guys? On this episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, I'm joined by Skip Hill, and we talk about lat training. Is it even possible to target the lower lat? After that, we're joined by Andrew Berry to discuss one of my personal favorite topics, high intensity versus volume. You get the opinion of three guys who have been doing this for decades. Plus, we've got a bunch of listener questions. We cover everything from gear to nutrition to training and a bunch more on this two-hour episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Check them out. They're our generous sponsor, as they have been for a long time. Our old code advices still works, but I got with the True Nutrition team, Skip, and I there's actually, I always imagined, I was talking to VJ about this, that it, we imagined it was Dante at like in his own building by himself mixing these things up. Like he was the guy who did this. Yeah, in the bathtub. Like he had an it's, apron, you know? Yeah, and he like made, somebody he, would do it with deer, but he does it with protein, right? He's I mean, like, huh, okay, Scott McNally put it in a new order. He wants to pound exactly. the team, Skip. He dumps yeah. that in. I was not in yeah. the bathroom, but you know, yeah. In the bathtub. That's where that came from. Bathtub, right? Bathtub fakes or bathtub. What the fuck? Wasn't that the term? Bathtub fake? Anyway. Anyway. Good yeah. shit. Man, let me point this out too. Well, hold you on. Guys, the listeners. Go ahead. We, we, go get, ahead. Yeah, we, we got to get to the bodybuilding. We got to get to the bodybuilding. Oh, this, this is supposed is, to be like, a, this is supposed to be like a little thing where I'm like, hey guys, thanks to our sponsor. Now we here's now we are on with the show. They already okay. left. Just Skip. message me about the protein. They you know, already the protein. left. They're gone. They're not even hearing <laughs> this now. My mom will not leave. She's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are watching, then we appreciate you guys being here. And uh, thank you for uh, uh, you know all the likes, comments. If you haven't subscribed yet, we'd love to have you along because we have a bunch of podcasts coming out each week. I had to say that part. Let's talk some bodybuilding. <laughs> bodybuilding. Guys, Skip and I have been online now for an hour. Hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Takes us long. We're new to this. We're new gonna have uh, David Johnston of Geared Up uh, Podcast Fame. It's a podcast some of you guys might not even know about because the bodybuilding media world moves so fast. We're probably gonna have him on again in the future. Uh, well, when I say again, I mean for the first time. Again for the first time in the future. Yeah. Uh, Skip and I are going to take the re the the wheel the reins. I uh, got to pick one of those words tonight, and we're going to uh, answer your questions. So we are live at Facebook. You guys are welcome to drop in questions. We've got some topics lined up. Um, for starters, why don't we do that back thing? Back thing sound good? Back thing, yeah. Let's do the back thing. Back thing. It's all, all right. about elbow. What, what do you go ahead? Jump in. You have um, it in front of you, right? Here's the question. So. He says, uh, is it really possible to build slash hit the lower lats or is it just a case of whole the whole lat area getting bigger or smaller? Uh, I particularly ask as mine are on the higher side. Thanks. So he's and the three of us were talking about this before we came on, um, you know, with DJ as yeah. well, before we had technical difficulties that were clearly all Scott McNally's. <laughs> issue they usually are no um so to cut to the first question the, the first question is simple i don't see and you you tell me what you see scott but in this picture here i don't see that there's a lat or lower lat this huge contrast to where i go yes his lats are high yeah i don't see that yeah 
That's so, what we okay. all three agreed on at, at the, okay. you know, before we got on here is that I don't think his lats are high at all. If I, I you know, I would say you guys can't see my cursor, but you can see where his trunks are. And then if you go up just a little bit on the left side of his uh, of his lumbars, you see where there's that like tiny little crease, that tiny little like wrinkle uh, just a few inches up. I would say that's like the bottom of his lat. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. So then the question becomes, what is because we have to be as black and white as we can here so that we all understand what we're talking about. The lower lats define lower lat because I that one's hard for me. Mm. I don't you I don't feel and maybe you feel differently that you can split the lat part of the back into upper, lower, inner, outer. It's lat. It's yeah. the you know, the the scapula pulling down, um, you know, kind of down and in that sort of thing. So I don't see that as a lower lat. I think when people talk about movements, because some people actually will look at it much like a um, lower bicep, I guess, is a good example. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you can't, I was going to compare it to upper and lower chest, but you can't do that because that's a multi-angle joint and you can There's actually, actually two tissues, two, sure, two muscles exactly. there. Yeah. Exactly. So the back is a little bit different in, in that sense. So, or, or the lat is. Um, so when people say, well, I will do as an example, under grip, shoulder width, hammer pull downs. Okay. There's a good example because it forces you to kind of lean back more that they feel it more in the lower back, but here's, or the lower lat. And I got to slow down because I don't want to confuse anybody. Not the, the low, we're talking specifically about the lower lat, but here's what I think they feel when you are in that position and you have such a big range of motion with the elbows and the elbows are tucked in and in front of you as they come down because you're leaning back as the lats contract. So does, so do the erectors or the, the basically your lower back at the same time. I think that's where the feel is confusing. Hmm. And they tend to think the person who can feel that who's doing that movement at the time kind of equates that with that is my lower lat. That's where the lats tie into the erectors. But I, I believe that that's from leaning back. That's a backward pull so that the, you know, your erectors, your lower back is, is tight and it's being contracted. I don't think that you're going to hit a lower lat. You're going to hit the lats or you're not going to hit the lats. I think you are right about that. And I think that the problem for me, I can speak from my own personal experience. The problem for me is that I was not hitting the lats. Like the lats were getting like kind of like indirectly hit, but it was like a lot of upper back. Like a lot of, I feel like for me, let me pull his uh, his his image back up here because we can use this kind of as a little diagram here on yeah, that left exactly. side. You know, I feel like if you look at the Terry's area, there I feel like for me, pull downs at one time were all Terry's, and mm -hmm. you know you need a good Terry's to have sure a, a wide looking back, but I wasn't hitting the lat itself, and I you know if you look at the picture here, his. It, I mean, there isn't tissue where we want to grow that thick, dense tissue, but there is. There right. isn't, but there is. Because I've seen Ronnie Coleman's back. I know what it looked like. You know what I right. mean? He literally had a reverse shelf. There was like a cliff hanging there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Off of yep. his his lower his lower lats. I think that there is some truth to, and I, I think I kind of agree with you, that there there is some, there's more density uh, when there is more density to the entire muscle, then it's going to get thicker down down in the lower lat. But 
I think that for me, I have to, I think lower lat, like I say lower lat, like I'm trying to bring out the lower lats. I will say that even if it's incorrect, because I'm trying to keep my elbows in and I'm driving down when in reality, I'm just trying to freaking hit my lats and not the Terry's and rear delts and everything in my upper back. So basically know? what you're thinking, I mean, tell me if you're wrong, because I think a lot of people might do this and I don't know if you do. So I'm asking, are you trying to explain that it's actually the lower part of your back without saying lower back because lower back means you would erectors. think lumbar. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. So that I can understand because I agree with you. A lot of pull down, and I think this is where a lot of people miss out on back development. If you're not, and, and again, you're, if you ask a hundred trainers, you're probably going to get 99 different answers. But I think really to hit your lats, there's a couple things that you have to do. I would even go so far as to say three. One of them is I think you have to do what I call finishing reps. You finish the rep. If they're short mm. and they're high, you're yeah. going to have a more difficult time digging into the lats because you have to get enough move, movement in the scapula. And if the bar isn't coming down far enough, you're already not getting a full range of motion for the bar. So if you're not getting it at the bar, then you're probably not getting it through your scapula as well. Hmm. So I think the one that stands out the most is, well, you know, your back has to be arched. But I'll tell you, I think a lot of people take that to the extreme and it's actually an over arch, hmm. which can take away from it. And if you stay in the arch position at the top, instead of coming forward or even contracting your abs a little bit, you're not going to get that keep the contraction at the top and get the stretch at the top at the same time. And we're going to talk about some things if we're not careful that are difficult to explain without instructing. Hmm. And that's why I sent you that video of Sam Brown on the elite FTS Instagram, because he explained elbow position. And I've written articles about this in the past because all upper body movements doesn't matter what you're doing. In my opinion, come down to elbow position. Doesn't matter if it's biceps, chest, back, everything, even shoulders, maybe not abs, <laughs> but nonetheless, abs are probably the only exception, is elbow position. And he explains during a, a, a lat pull or a chin up, pull up, how even if your hands are wider than your shoulders, slightly wider than your shoulders, that you have to start with the elbows rotated in. And I'm going to try to do this and it's not going to be very easy. Okay. This Obviously, I would be wider, but I'm just going to show the elbow position at the very top before you contract. Yeah, it should look like this. Yes. Yeah. Elbows need to start from this to the point where if you come up and you're wide before you pull down for every rep, this should be your first movement. Yeah, right I agree. Here, Dude, I agree. 100%. Yeah. I, I shot a video myself uh just today actually i'll see if i can find that and bring it up because that's exactly what i was talking about and i've talked about that for a while when i do a pull down even like a wide grip pull down in the past i would think elbows out and mm -hmm. to me elbows out was like all terry's you know yeah. that's and and now what i've discovered is to me i almost explain it like i'm kind of doing a pullover like think about the way your elbows are in front mm -hmm. of you when you're doing a pullover, you're pulling it down like that. Right. And the bottom, if you were to, I've even gone as extreme as like bringing the bar down to my, I, I try to hit, uh, when I use a straight bar and I go a little bit wider, I try to hit like the solar plexus, like the bottom of my pec every time. In fact, wearing this, somebody said to me that I hit the, the word gym 
on this show. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, okay. that I consistently bring it down to there every time. And that's the key is keeping my elbows in. Dude, I did. I trained for years. I've gone back and looked at old videos that I had posted at gyms and stuff over the years. I never got that. And guess what? My back was never freaking great either. It wasn't until I discovered that that I've actually been able to make some pretty decent progress with it. It's funny too. You have your example. I have mine. When I was younger, I well, even when I'm old too. But when I was training when I was younger, my clavicles are incredibly narrow. The the Ken doll has wider clavicles than real Ken <laughs> or real or real Skip. Um, I'm I'm actually Ken in real life. I'm only Skip in the bodybuilding world. But nonetheless. What what I used to do was I would do I would focus more on time under tension. I had my first few years when I was a teenager that I moved weight, but then I backed off because I thought that I was so advanced and you know I had to be unique and different. So I slowed things down and everything was a full stretch, full squeeze, and I would hold lat and my lats were great, but everything else as far as my upper back and things like that suffered a little bit and they needed those power movements, the T bar row and things like that. So. Yeah it really helped my lats to be able to finish and hold. If, if you're not sure, if you're listening and you're not sure, and you're like, oh, wow, sounds like really good advice. Let me try this out. And you don't know where to start. This would be my advice. Well, first, check out Sam Brown's video on Elite FTS on Instagram because he explains it very, very clearly. Um, in fact, I was impressed that he explained it so well. Because, there you go. It, because it's, it can be difficult to understand. And he talks, uh, he explains it. He talks through it with the kid demonstrating it. And I say kid because, you know, I'm 50. He looks like a child, though. That looks like a child, right? He's not a child. He's probably like 25, 28. Oh, nonetheless, I got kids that old. So it is what it is. But what you can do is if you're not sure, like let's say you start out with the shoulder width grip or slightly wider than shoulder width grip and you struggle with the feel, move that grip in to where it's only, say, 12 inches. Your hands are only 12 inches apart with a neutral grip. Yeah. Because a neutral grip where your palms face each other yeah. will force the elbows forward. And then you can slowly start to widen from there and then eventually go to an overhand grip. I think it would be easier to do that than it would to start with a wide overhand grip and try to get that feel. Yeah, I could see that. Now, I, yeah. I, I go with probably a little bit about shoulder width apart is what I do. And... Uh, <laughs> And I found I really like the 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 the, the neutral grip close handle as well. Mm-hmm. Neutral grip close yep. handle is easy for me to keep those elbows, you know, where I want them to be. And I know this may seem and may be kind of rudimentary information. So if you're listening and you already know this, then okay, cool. But there are still some people that I'm surprised that don't know this. The best range of motion for back, in my opinion, is pretty much shoulder width or just slightly outside of shoulder width. Once you get further from like wider or you get in real narrow, you you'll decrease the range of motion. Cause again, we were talking about this earlier. It comes down to elbow position. It's where it's not where a bar travels or a dumbbell travels. Usually it's the elbows. Yeah. So, and I've written about it extensively. So if you're not, if you don't know what I mean to save time, check it out on elite FTS, it's your weenus and vagina because that's the inside and the outside of your, and those are terms that I did not make up myself. You did um, too. Cause I've never heard anybody else say that you did make have that you not up for right? real. No, I actually thought it was pretty damn good when I, I'm like, cause you know, exactly. You don't have to explain it. What part of the elbow is the weenus? What part is the vagina? It's inside outside. It's pretty, pretty cut and dry. So I've never heard dry. anybody else say that in my life. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's all about elbow position. So 
when it comes down to, you know, getting that full contraction and everything, the elbow position is everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to show you my video just because like literally, like I said, I shot this for a client today to talk about. What's up? Ooh, actually, we have we have volume on this. And um, <laughs> you know, I the cues I use are I feel that full stretch from the top. So I'm not I'm not bringing it up to here and then pulling back down. I'm coming all the way up and I'm getting a really good stretch. I want to feel that all the way through the lat. You'll even see at times I kind of like lean forward a little bit because I'm trying to like stretch that even more. I'm very talkative. I engage against that yeah, but you're explaining it so there, I keep my it's a good description close the movement's going to be more like this mm -hmm. versus like this you see a right. lot of people you know pull downs traditionally elbows are going out and i feel that that didn't ever activate my lats the way that i wanted them to all right here's so, where i get to show off i'm still weak <laughs> dude i'm going to turn the volume down here so you don't have to hear me going Aah! dude I'm, <laughs> I'm still weak i'm recovering man i'm finally able to now, I, I think I got like 10 on this, uh, and I could have, I would have liked to have done two more. I was about at failure. Had I been in a better place, I would have, but this is like, you know, the best I can do without killing myself now. I want to be able to recover. So I guess you that, could lie and say you have like 270 on there. Oh, I do. Yeah. 280, actually. Yeah, no yeah. one's going to see that there's only 70 pounds on the stack right now. Yeah, it's 50, so, actually, 50 pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do you see that stretch, man? I never used to do that stretch. Well, we were talking about the stretch when when we went over it before the the show. And one thing that you know we agreed on that we have to point out too is, I think sometimes people misunderstand the stretch part of a lat pull, no matter whether it's narrow or wide. It's not. How do I explain it? It's not that in that stretch position you're hanging. And, and you're not tense and you're not contracted, the muscles are going to contract even if you're hanging, okay? Yeah. But you can't relax and just let the stretch take over. You have to keep the muscles around the scapula tight and contracted during the stretch. And I think a lot of people misunderstand that. So here's what I do. I get to that top and then I engage against the stretch, boom, and then I pull. You know, it's like that's my cue. I feel like... Right. I feel like that's harder too. You know, if you let your arms only go to here, you're it's easy. Like it's not you're you're not in it's like the most vulnerable place to be when you're in a full stretch and then you contract and flex against that. It's freaking mm -hmm. difficult, man. It's tough. I think and correct me if if you think I'm wrong or if you have a different perspective on this, but I think that of all the muscles in the body that we train in the gym, back is misunderstood mm. the most because of the complexity of the musculature yeah i think that people really they think and i mean i i've seen some seasoned weightlifters not weightlifters but bodybuilders i guess i i always equate weightlifters with olympic lifters so seasoned people who train yeah whether they be competitors or not doesn't really matter a whole lot because uh, you can be seasoned and know a lot about training without ever competing but they're not always, their mechanics are not always as good as they could be or they should be based on where they think it's hitting or it's not. And this discussion about the last is a, is a good example. I think there's a lot of people out there who are training back thinking they're destroying their lats, but now they're thinking, Oh shit, that's why I feel my terrors. And I feel yeah. all these little muscles around and they get fried. Yeah, fried yeah. if you can't because they're smaller muscles. The lats are a much bigger muscle and they cover a much larger surface area. 
than these little muscles around the scapula. Yeah. Andrew Barry chimed in. He said, I think it was Brad Schoenfeld that uh, presented a paper that showed width didn't change activation of lats one way or the other as long as you can get a full range. I remember thinking at one point in my life that if you wanted to take a real wide grip that you would get wider back. Do you remember? Right, but why you, is that? Who said that? I don't know. I mean, we Some, heard that over and over bro? in Pumping Iron. No, it was an Arnold thing in Pumping Iron. I mean, he did those. It, it, if we don't do it because of that, it certainly, his opinion in Pumping Iron pretty pretty much backed that up. So with someone with, you know, and the other thing is there's a lot of different components. Another thing you have to take into consideration is do your scapula actually come apart? And is there a lot of range of motion, not even for the elbows or the, the bar travel? But for the actual scapula, my scapula won't come out and open up. Mm. So if I hang from a chin bar, yeah. I don't have those wings. Now, my wife can get in there and hang from a lat or, you know, be in the stretched position from a lat pull or a chin. And hers come out real wi much wider than mine. And yeah, even though my back isn't good, I got a better back than she does. So <laughs> All right. Anything else we should talk about with this one? Because this is a, I think this is a good topic. I know we got a few other things. Yeah, I, I think we covered the basics of it, uh, you know, as much as we can. There, again, with back, back training, it is it's far more complex, I think, than than a lot of, you know, the, even training legs, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say so, too. Uh, I got this. It, I would say that those would be the top two. And I you always hear it said we've said it, I think, on this show before. We've said it on a bunch of the other shows, but you can't see your back, so it's harder to figure that out. Plus, there is so many muscles. With the with the legs, I feel like with your quads, you know, there's only a couple things. Either the sweep is weak or the inner thigh is weak, you know? Yeah, but we got to keep that topic for another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus the back, show, it could but... be a whole a whole, you know, yeah, I, I, I still think leg training is, is relatively complicated, but oh, I think yeah, yeah, that it can sometimes be made to be overcomplicated when it should be simplified, too. Yeah. So. I, I have kind of a uh, this is a question, this is a uh, bikini competitor asked me, asked me this over on uh, the gram, so I wanted to get it on because I um, I really enjoyed seeing John Jewett, uh, his performance, yeah, I know, and then this picture is hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> so she had asked uh the question at the bottom there uh question for the next advices q a by the way there's no more advices advices is gone advices is dead to us there's yeah. only think big apparently it was the wrong advices anyway, <laughs> oh. uh what gets someone this dry and grainy uh when when jewett's wife is as dry and grainy as he is basically that is the funniest picture, over. dude. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know what I'm more impressed by, the glutes and the thickness of the leg or that lat and back that's hanging underneath his armpit like it's like a half of a cow or something. <laughs> Look at her quad to waist ratio going oh, yeah. on there. Yeah. That's pretty incredible, dude. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. They should do mixed pairs. What did you say? Did you just meow? Was that no, you? I was hoping he didn't hear it. <laughs> Linus is, he better not start crying because he's probably bored and he does that when he gets bored. Bring Sorry. him on the show. Bring him on the show. I know, right? If he comes over here, I'll grab him. So, uh, dry and grainy. I mean, yeah, well, first order is you just have to be lean enough. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people just aren't. And I, I mean, it, 
I hate to oversimplify it, but get lean as shit. The leaner you get, the less water you're going to hold sub Q typically. Yeah. So you don't have to worry as much about. So the big part of it is leanness. The other side, the other part is he's got so much fucking mass. And if he's full, you know, if you're full and you carry more mass, um, you know, you're going to look that much. There's, I guess the best way to explain is that you can't carve a, are you going to have more detail if you carve a two pound turkey versus a 30 pound turkey? There's yeah. more meat. And if there's more meat in a muscle, there would tend to be more detail. Yeah. So he's got great legs. He's got glute, you know, ginormous glutes and a huge back and everything. Else. So I don't want to say it's easier. I mean, he's clearly worked his ass off to get in that type of condition. Uh, but the dryness think, and everything else, man, that's a. I think I, she was sure even. He does. Oh, I think she was even referring to her because oh, she's just yeah, as dry absolutely. as him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think you could say too. I mean, there was a shot of her turned around. And I mean, she's freaking pretty. I that was like the next picture over. Uh, I mean, she's freaking you know pretty peeled from top to bottom. But you looking at your cat? What's he I'm doing? I'm sorry. Yeah, he's getting close, but he's he's crying. He wants attention. Sorry, oh. that was totally distracting. <laughs> so you know, uh, conditioning that that really is the answer. The girl who asked this question is freaking peeled, dude. Like. When I first met her, I was like, oh, she's getting ready for a show. And I met her, meaning when I first started following her back on Instagram. And uh, then like three months later, I was like, wow, she's getting really in shape. And then three months later, she's still really in shape. And then three months later, I think she did a show. So yeah. like this girl gets incredibly peeled, but she is bikini size. She's not, mm -hmm. a, you know, she's not a giant human being. Um, I mean, like both of these people in these pictures in this picture right now, they have a substantial amount of muscle. So sure. I'm, I'm with you, you know, I'm with you that that's a big part of it. And then uh, what man, less fat, less water. There's that. Yeah. Too. I think too. And I got to be careful how I word this because I don't know his wife, but I know enough about John that uh, not always a great competitor. He's a very, very good prep coach as well. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how his body responds. But I will tell you this, and this isn't a John issue. This is an anybody issue. If you compare, let's just say that that kitchen and that lighting is backstage one hour before he goes on stage. Okay. His stage pictures, this picture is going to look better than his stage picture. Why? Everybody thinks it's because stage lighting is not as as flattering as some of the lighting that you're going to find in different places. Light coming in sideways through a gym window, a large gym window. Yeah. Like Armpress Pro. Let me tell you, everybody at Armpress Pro, from Phil Heath down to anybody who's never even competed before, will take pictures in the exact same spot every single time. I've done it and everybody else, and they know where it is. I know where that that spot is at Titan Gym. I know where that spot is at the Jimmy Choo shoe <laughs> shoe boutique down in Miami because I was walking by the mirror and I stopped and I was like, what the fuck? And the, the sales guy laughed. He goes, it's really good lighting, isn't it? It's, it's incredible. <laughs> so when you have such flattering lighting, the stage lighting, it's not necessarily unflattering, but I yeah. mean, all that light is coming from different directions. So it's more difficult to cast shadow. Yeah. And that's why people know. Yeah. I remember I learned this when I was 15 years old. I had a old floodlight. Uh, you know, uh, with the cheap metal dome yeah. in my basement that's clipped to the 
to the two by four thing. And I was so excited because there were shadows everywhere. I just went to town. In fact, not to make this too long, but doing the most muscular, I'm doing with my friends. We're going back and forth. And I'm holding my breath because it makes the veins come out in your neck. So yes. Hit the floor. Bam. Oh, you you passed out? Hit the fat, passed out. Yeah, I, I thought I was having a fun time too. Was, uh, veins <laughs> pop, I had to trap up and everything. You know, I'm like 15 years old. I don't weigh 140 pounds, right? Yeah. And bam, fucking ate it. And of course, my buddy, you know, at that age, you know, they think it's hilarious. If there'd have been yeah. phones, he'd oh, have yeah, taken a phone and not concerned about that. Would have been on Instagram. Yeah, you, exactly. you, you would have been famous for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh shit! But it's the lighting. A lot of it is a lighting issue. Not that's not to say he's not in incredible condition. He's in incredible condition. But I'm trying to explain the contrast because a lot of people will see. The other thing is too is when your pictures are on stage, they're typically bigger. Take a picture of you that looks really flattering, and then blow it up on a bigger screen. Like not blow it up, but like just look at it like a bigger size. Not blow it up, magnify it. Because if you magnify it it'll lose detail. The picture itself will lose detail. But if you make a picture smaller, it's going to look more impressive from a detail standpoint than if it's larger. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I don't want to say there's tricks, but all I'm saying is if you compare one and you say, and people do this a lot, the clients of mine will do this. They'll be like, you know, I just, I must've blown it because I didn't look at this picture here in my bag. I'm like, that's some of the best light. And, and as competitors, we gravitate towards that lighting. Sure. You, when you find the best lighting, you're not going to use a different light source. You're going to go back to the best shit you've had. You have no control over the stage lighting and where you are in the position and all that light is flooding you. That's the best way it's coming from all different. So, things, and it's just flooding you. I was going to ask you and you kind of started mentioning clients have you ever had a client that just randomly out of the blue changes the lighting? Like all of a sudden they go from like yeah, just standing nice. in their bathroom to like all of a sudden it's like crazy dramatic. You can't even you can't even make up the features in their face because their yeah. eyes are solid black and then they jack up the contrast and they yeah. send them over to you and they're like, hey, check it out. I'm getting in better that, shape. I've had to tell clients before, I'm like, please quit filtering. Yeah. You're not yeah. you're not doing any good. I can see through bad lighting because I've done this for 20 years. But I yeah. prefer not to. And and they'll ask some clients will ask like, well, um, you know, should I stand behind against a white wall or do I stand? Mm. I don't care what color it is back there. I just want the same lighting. And that's why it's difficult when some people want to take them outside, like on their back porch or anything else, because if it's the same time of day, but you take them at dawn or dusk over the course of three months, even that yeah. lighting can change. It doesn't change a ton, but it could be cloudy. It could be, you know, it could be overcast. It could be raining. It could be really sunny. There could be a two hour difference where you're going to get different shading. I can see through it, but I don't want to. And I sometimes I think I'm like, I remember back when I was doing this for only two or three years. I if that lighting was different, it would it could make somebody look leaner. It could make somebody. Oh, look yeah. Bigger. It could make someone have different details. So you have to be able to sift through that. I prefer the shittiest light. Yeah, it, yeah. If someone says to me when they send pictures like, oh, this is the lighting I had to use. It's really bad. I'm washed out and everything. And, it, you know, and a lot of times people say, and I, I'll admit, I'm probably guilty of it at some point in time, too. I'm leaner and bigger than what these pictures say. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> now, the lighting might not be terribly flattering, but you look just like what it is, is we see. OK, there's the distance between you and the mirror and the mirror back to you. And when you take a picture it's only half of that. And I think that that plays into it. Oh yeah. You will see a difference. And, and of course we tend to, even though we may be hard on ourselves, we see the good things. We see the things that are a little bit flat, more flattering. Yeah. 
So that was an alarm going off. I apologize. So I must have set my alarm. Why don't we have Andrew Berry with us? There. Why don't we have Andrew Berry? He's he's here. I was going to wait until we took it. I was going to wait until we took a commercial break and go call him up and just get him on because if he's watching, there's no sense him sitting there. Andrew, do you want to type everything out? Andrew, Jump on. Do you want to join us, Andrew? If you do, you've got the link from yesterday. Click it's the, the link same the link. <laughs> Click <Exactly>. the link. <laughs> <laughs> Click the link. He said, uh, uh, I just had there. a client spent. See, he's back. He's got more stuff to say. Yeah. He's too busy typing. He can't hear us right now because he's typing away. Yeah. Let me see. I'm going to send him a link right now. If he yeah. wants to join, he can hang out and join. If he doesn't, if he doesn't like us, no hard feelings, bro. Yeah. We uh, we didn't want you anyway. He's in contact uh, our contract negotiations right now anyway, but just do the right thing. All right. And come on for the last half of the show. <laughs> All right. Is that sure coming on or sure to the contract negotiations? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I'm gonna text I'm gonna message him the link again so he has it. Um no, that's cool. And uh let's see. Man, dude, I have these two keyboards in front of me. It would help if I used the right one. The right one, exactly. You know? Um what was I gonna say? We have a question that I think that he can help us with. Uh the question was uh, one piece of advice for somebody that is new to coaching. So let's wait for a minute. We'll wait to get nice. him. And uh, I'm going to ask you something else because we had a couple other things here. One of them was uh, from our YouTube. So I'll turn there next. How about that? Oh, cool, cool. I actually have some stuff here. I'm, I'm kind of prepared. Um, so this is from the last episode. Thanks, guys, by the way, again, uh, for you know putting up some questions, commenting, uh, you know, all the likes, the shares. Speaking of which, guys, if you enjoy this, then share it with somebody. Take this podcast and share it with somebody that likes podcasts because that's how we can expand this thing. So Kevin21 says, um, why so many experienced bodybuilders advocate? Oh, we should save this one with Andrew, too. I had another one here. Let me see. I think there was like a... Yeah, so basically go. what you're saying is if I read your question now to skip, it's a shitty one because I'm saving all the good ones until Andrew comes on. Yeah, that's cool. That's skip cool. if sure you're busy tonight. Real good. If you're busy tonight, <laughs> if you if you don't have any more time, that's okay. If you want to leave, you know, it's cool. I mean, we put a lot <laughs> of got a stand in for you. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so a better looking version. This is one we can knock out quick. That's what I was looking all for. Right. Uh, oh, Andrew's on, but we'll take it anyway. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, All right. Shit. Well, Skip, if you if it's been nice talking there to you. Is. It's been nice talking to you, Skip. It's been nice to have you exactly. on. Exactly. You guys have a good one. Take <laughs> it easy. Check in the mail. <laughs> What's up, Andrew? We were just about to answer this question. Uh, this is from Abdullah. I was trying to do one really quick while you were getting yourself together because you needed five minutes. So we'll take this one quickly, and then we've got a training question. If my test levels are very uh, are are very low normal. Uh, I tried to lose fat for five years. Always my fat goes back up to 30% in a very short time. Was thinking of a cycle of 300 test E with two units of growth for 16 weeks to let my body keep uh, keep fat in 12%. I don't think English is his first language. That's cool. Uh, but uh, what do you think about that? Thanks for the help. Sounds like he needs TRT or something. I don't know. Almost. I think he's assuming a connection, though, between more of a direct connection between hormone levels and his body fat levels. I'm going to take a stab, and I'm not beating up. It's Abdullah, right? It's not up there anymore. Yes. I'm not going to beat him up, but I will say this. 
You mean um, you're going to just, you're not is, even going to let Andrew answer the question now? No, just, no, okay. he can wait. <laughs> no, no, I just, I think that it's more directly related to his diet than it is any hormone profile he's got. Yes, it's probably not helping because his test levels are low, but I got to tell you, you can have your test levels in the shitter and you can still, if you diet mm. and you're disciplined, you'll still get lean. So, you know, where he said it went back up to 30%, um, you know, I don't want to be a dick about it, but don't blame the, the testosterone. Don't blame your test levels on that. That's just a disciplined diet type issue. You're not going to fluctuate that much, um, you know, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing to get lean. Take it away, Andrew. <laughs> uh, well, my, my question is, is, did he say how old he was? He didn't, no. No. My, my only reason for asking is because I think up to a point of, like, age-wise for guys, like, I see a difference – if it's a kid, 22, 23, and he's mm-hmm. close to being hypogonadal, he can still definitely lose body fat and maintain body fat. I do see a switchover, a little bit of a difference in guys that are, say, you know, 40, 45 plus that are, you know, hypogonadal or, or, or low in testosterone, particularly with like more abdominal body fat. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've, I've done some research on it. There's a clear link between that and um, being hypogonadal a certain age and, um, uh, what's the enzyme that increases body fat in the stomach area? Uh, beta hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. Uh, that goes up big time, um, especially as you age. So I, I guess I would ask him what his what his age is. But I'm also way more in line with what Skip just said. Like you don't go from 12 percent to 30 percent regardless of what you're <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's just talking about getting super really lean. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. If you're going from like. Four percent to twelve percent. Yeah, that's you know that's fairly normal for a bodybuilder. But right. to go from twelve percent to thirty percent, I mean that's that's obese at that point. Yeah, so exactly. You know, yeah. So yeah, it's a, there's probably some like you know I I um one of our listeners I was talking to him about his diet and he's uh he's been vegetarian and he switched to eating meat and he's he had a hard time getting into shape. He tried it for a while. He switched back. But here's the thing. He was saying like, yeah, I would try, you know, eating meat for 12 weeks and then get where I want to get if that's what it took, you know, and then go back. But I think the thing is, is that what people maybe don't realize, and I'm not saying this guy doesn't realize it, but maybe the the, the guy in the question doesn't, is that you got to you got to make those changes. You Like when we increase our protein to gain muscle, you keep it up like it's not like you yeah. just do this for 12 weeks, you know, right. that increased protein well, also- is year round. Adding to the the, the um, to like the weeks that he was talking about, I think he said like twelve or sixteen weeks for a cycle of um, growth hormone. Yeah. You don't need to cycle growth hormone, guys. Like right. that is something you can take year round. You know, I like to do like a five days on, two days off, or do it on training days only kind of thing, just to protect insulin sensitivity. But um, when people like say like, "Oh, I'm going to do a cycle of GH," it's like, "Well, why?" Like, like it, to me, it's like once you start real GH, like you never want to stop it. Yeah. Right. Am, am I right? Or at least keep going, keep going with it for a long time. I mean, if you want to call yeah. it a cycle, I guess call it nine months and then be off for three. I mean, <laughs> I, that, I would, that's what I I'm would be cool about. with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like I mean, over the nine time. months, you have enough time to figure out how to get more. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because what, exactly. what's the limiting factor with growth hormone? Cost. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like and age. Typically, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for me, he's a good example because if it's two IU and he's young versus if he's coming up on his fifties or if he's later in his forties, two IU is going to be dramatically different impact on someone who's well into their forties versus someone who's twenty-two years old. So there's that. I assume, and maybe I'm wrong, but I assume that he is older with that dosing protocol. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, two IUs a day, you're going to get a little better sleep, some slightly better recovery. You might not even mm-hmm. notice it if you're in your 20s, right? But right. if you're in your 40s, I think you're going to see a dramatic shift. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew, welcome to the show, by the way. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for joining <laughs> us, man. I was watching. I was sitting on the couch. We just got back from a long drive. We were kind of doing some shopping today. And I was sitting down. I'm like, oh, the guys are on. And I just started watching and started <laughs> chiming in like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> We got Matt Marshall too. He's watching us. We've got uh, we've got your question, Matt. We're going to tackle that shortly. Um, let's see. Here's the here's the question we had about training, and I was about to pull this up as our like little one minute question, and then I was like, no, let's save this for Andrew too. Um, why so many experienced bodybuilders advocate high intensity, low volume failure training? But most of the research points towards high volume, high frequency reps and reserve training are both viable options that will get the same end results long term or this one just or is one overall superior. Run with it. I think it's funny how every couple of years we come out with a new term. Like, I feel like the hot word the last year or two has been RE, uh, reps of return in reserve. Yes, R-E-R. it is. Yeah. Like, I got clients that are, I think I didn't even know what it was until a client like maybe six <laughs> months ago was like, I've been doing this with two RER and three. And I'm like, what are you, like, what are you what? talking about? R-R-R? Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to decipher it. And then I like, I mean, like, we just always said like RPE of whatever, or I left one or two reps in the tank or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I think that's. The, the most common terminology I've, I've used, you know, when I'm talking about doing like a pump workout or something like leave, leave one or two reps in the tank. Don't go to failure. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, to his question, I think a, he kind of just answered it in a sense. Cause he's, if he's saying that they're both equal in terms of results, why wouldn't you do the one that's more efficient? That's going to get you out of the gym quicker. Unless right. you just love to beat yourself into the ground because mm-hmm. um, I, I think it also comes down to recovery and the more time you spend in the gym, I mean, there, there's, there's a there's a you know a sliding scale or a tipping point right like you get results up to here but then if you stay in the gym longer and longer it goes down like that right. sure right exactly. so I think um, and I don't necessarily agree that the the volume training is better than um, than you know say like a a, t- a progressive overload or a one or two reps of failure I, I think with every workout you need three solid sets to failure like and I don't care what type of workout you're doing whether it's a leg training day a back day I think you know, let's say you're doing five exercises, three of those um, exercises have to have a set that goes to absolute failure. And then you can add a little bit of volume stuff afterwards for some of the metabolic pump stuff. But um, generally, I just think, you know, well, A, why not use both? But um, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Why not use both? The only issue I had, because we talked about this prior to the show, sometimes we go over these questions. So you get put on the spot when you don't get to look at them. And then I go, hey, run with it, Andrew. Um, 
I I think it's funny that he said that, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but it it struck me as odd that he said that most of the research points towards, well, it does in the last nine months because that's the only thing anybody is focused on when it comes to training research yeah. in the last nine months is this RPE, OPP, whatever the fuck they're calling it, reps and reserves. So, and we've spoken about it. I mean, there's something to it and it's come up enough that I thought, okay, you know, I better take a look at this um, just to, you know, see why everybody wants to train so much easier. But um I would disagree with the point that all of the research, and, and I'm just using his words against him, all of the research indicates, well, all of the research in the 70s indicated that Arnold was training correctly. All the research in the 90s was that Dorian's way of training was was the right way. Then we went to DC training. Then we went, It all works. It all works to some degree because it's a different stimulus that the body's not used to. And everybody responds differently. There are the John Defendices who will respond incredibly well to 100 rep sets because he's insane and is still doing them at his age now. And he's doing 20 or 30 work sets. Now, whether they're a failure or not to failure, take that many sets to 100 reps and tell me that you, that you don't believe in God or you haven't seen him. And I'll, I'll be impressed with that. There's just so many different ways to train that yeah, I understand that he wants to know our opinion on it. I would just, I guess my answer would be it's whichever one works out better for you and switch them around because if it's something your body is not used to seeing, then you're going to respond to it. It might be short for a brief, short amount of time, or it might stretch out further. And I think that now I add this and leave it alone. Just because you do something or use a training method that works longer or works for you for a longer period of time doesn't mean this necessarily better. It means that you responded to it at that point. It could be completely different in six months, or if you come back around to that same method in two years, you may not respond to it. There's always conflicting or, or changing variables. So, you know, get out. If something isn't working, get out, change it up. Um, and it does, it comes down to recovery. I, you said it, everything is recovery when it comes to training and growth. It just is what it's same thing when you're dieting, I guess, too, because if you're not recovering, then you have the, you run the risk of, of actually, I don't want to say losing muscle tissue, but to make so that we all understand what I'm saying, losing muscle tissue doesn't disappear, but nonetheless get being too depleted, doing, you know, too flat, overtrained, things like that. And then you got to dig yourself out of that hole to get it back. Those are my air quotes, get the muscle back. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think there's this, it, it depends on, like you guys have both said, genetics really is, is what a big part of that comes down to. You know, good we, we can't compare what's worked because like the, the argument always comes up, like Jay Cutler did a lot of volume, you know, Ronnie did a lot of volume, uh, you know, and, and yeah, they did. Arnold did a lot of volume. Um, and, and, and the, one of the things that I always come back to is that there are going to be people who can do a lot of volume. There are going to be people that can handle anything you throw at them. You know, Brandon Curry, we've, I've talked every time we talk about this now, I bring him up because I think the, the most enlightening interview I had with him was when Scott Stevenson was on with me and we talked all about what Brandon does at oxygen gym. And we tried to figure out like, what is it about oxygen gym? And they just literally pound you into the ground like there is just non-stop volume there and either you respond to it or you wither and leave you know that's what it comes down to so if you respond to like that super high intensity high frequency stuff uh you know high volume training then uh you know you can hang and be a Brandon curry a lot of us can't do that now you make a very good point, and and just so that no one loses track of it, you they also when they leave the gym, they do nothing. 
They're not going mm -hmm. to jobs like the rest oh, of yeah. us. They're not dealing with the stress of families. They have literally given over their lives. Yeah, yeah. But I, let's, yeah, I don't want to get off track with it, though. But I mean, they're, the training itself, though, is, I, I, even if I, I mean, listen, I do nothing myself. Like, I can sit here at my desk all day for 22 and a half hours mm -hmm. if I want. And the other hour and a half is out in the gym. And I still couldn't do what 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 he was doing, you know. Right. I, I think we got to disclude, like the three people you mentioned: Jay Cutler, Brandon Curry, Ronnie Coleman. Like we right. can't use yeah. some of the three most genetically gifted people to ever pick yeah. up an, an iron. You know what I mean? Like I, I think like when we're talking about stuff, we should always like relate about you know like like us people with more than average genetics, maybe slightly right. better in some cases, but yeah. you know, it, it you you. You you put Ronnie Coleman on a, a HIT program. You put him on a you know a, a super high volume. He's gonna look like Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, he's gonna look like Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then uh, was, oh, the other thing I wanted to add was have you have either you guys read uh, Brad Schoenfeld's uh, most recent edition of Hypertrophy? No, no. You you know what I'm talking about right? Brad Schoenfeld. He's the scientist yeah. Yeah. who does. Yeah, I just haven't read it. Okay, it, it's, a, it's a good read. It's, you know, it'll take you two or three days or so. It's not too bad. It's good for cardio. But anyway, I, you know, I read it. I looked at all the uh, studies that he did because he has like 70 or 80 studies in there. The conclusion I came with is everything works. Well, that's like, what I was getting at. That's what yeah. I, that I was, yeah, okay. I was trying okay. to kind of get, get there. The no, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I did the same thing. It depends where you're, it depends where you're at, you know, F especially for a new guy. Everything works for a new guy. There's there's that. And it, and you can do a lot of volume. And I feel like here was my evolution. And I see this evolution in people all the time. I train one body part a day or one body part of a workout. I train five days a week and then I get X results. Maybe my chest didn't grow. So then I say, well, why don't I hit chest twice per week now? And guess what? My chest grows. But there comes a point that you can't say, well, why don't I hit chest eight times per week? Like there comes a point where you can't make that progress anymore. You can't continue to add more and more volume. And that's, I think, where the guys who don't have the branding create genetics start looking toward increasing the intensity and start looking toward, like Skip said, the recovery. Because you gotta you gotta be able to recover from it in order to grow. That's that was my soapbox yeah. of the day. Now, it just I like to make this point too about talking about Ronnie Coleman, how hard he trains, and everything else. Volume and intensity are both obviously relative terms, but to get one, you have to give up the other. So, and I think what happens hmm. sometimes is, unfortunately, for Instagram and Facebook and and even YouTube for that matter, people will see those workouts or they'll see a set. They don't see the workout. So they don't see the other sets there and they assume that then they hear down the road while well, he does 12 sets or 15 sets. They probably don't look like that set because we all have egos and we all want to make sure that the, the video that's going up is the best video as far as intensity and effort and that you can't assume. And I think we all do. A lot of us do. We assume that every set looks like that. And, and that's not the case because you just can't have both. If you are going to go with more volume, and Jay Cutler is a good example, um, just based on his training, Phil Heath, same same in a sense, because Phil doesn't train as heavy as he could because he's stronger than than the, the actual weights that he has used. 
and he doesn't train as intensely until the camera comes on. And that's not a shot because he's clearly, you know, he was king shit and he's arguably one of the best bodybuilders in the world. So I'm not trying to shoot him down in that sense. I'm just being honest and saying that you have to find where that fits because some people will grow more by training more intensely in shorter duration. And some people will benefit, you know, from the a little bit higher volume. I think sometimes people think volume, they think, oh, it's got to be 20 or 30 sets. It's a relative term, people. Yeah. So is intensity. So you have to balance those. Yeah. <clears throat> the only other thing I'll add to that is um, the difference in fiber type distribution uh, in, in from some people to the other people, you know, type one fibers versus type two fibers, you know, yeah. obviously type one fibers might do a little bit better, you know, with the more vo higher volume, higher rep ranges, whereas, you know, maybe a, uh, someone with a little bit more of the type two distribution probably does better with the high intensity techniques that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Even rep ranges, you start getting rep crazy ranges, yeah. rep ranges like those two, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super yeah. passionate about this topic, by the way, in case you guys didn't know. I'm passionate about anything training related because I think that it gets overlooked so much more than gear and, and that sort of thing. Nutrition obviously is important too, but I put gear number three. And anytime I say that, people who haven't taken gear for very long, they, you know, they want to call you a liar and you're hiding secrets and you know, what is the perfect cycle? It's like Jesus Christ. Learn your training, learn your nutrition. What's up, Jeff Malarski? I uh <laughs> well, that to your point, actually, I just got a, like a new client from my gym who's been, you know, a member of my gym probably as long as I've been there, four or five years or whatever. And, you know, I see him and everything. And, and my very first email to him was, look, I'm going to give you diet. I'm going to give you all the other advice that we're talking, you know, that goes with coaching. But you need to learn how to train harder. I, I yeah. see you. And this is not a knock on you, but you need to learn to harness some intensity. Good. None, none yeah. of this three sets of 10 going through the motions. I go, the biggest thing you can do is leave your phone in the gym bag. You know, yep. because it's just a buzzkill when you do a set and then the first thing you see is someone's like, yeah, and they're right absolutely. back to scrolling or the kids mm -hmm. are on the Snapchat. Like it, so you sounded that, that so old right now. You sounded so <laughs> old. <laughs> the kids You're are on the Snapchat. You said, I grew up when you had to have a Walkman. And, uh, <laughs> you know. yeah. But no, like, it, well, you can just see it. It's, I don't know how you can go from zero to 60. If you've been sitting yeah. there playing with, you know, you know what I mean? And harness that mental energy, especially on like leg day or whatever, you know, how yeah. do you get that intensity up? If you're sitting there scrolling, texting someone, chat, you know, that kind of thing. Here's what I, I figured you guys out. Is, do you agree with this? I, I would think you do, okay. but I don't, I guess I don't want to lead the question, but, or lead you with the question, but when in doubt, train harder. Yeah. Not when in Always. doubt, back off and leave reps in the tank, train your fucking ass off. And if you're not training legs as hard as you train chest, if you're not, if you're going to failure on chest and your ass ain't going to failure on squats or hacks or like, you're not, you're not, you're not giving yourself. I just said that three fucking times. You're not fourth giving yourself or giving your legs. You're not training your legs the way that you should be training because you're training chest harder than anything else. Or you're training biceps harder than anything else. You need to be going balls out on everything. Well, I, well Scott, I remember, I think earlier this week you were talking to, um, I think Dave Crossland on uh, on the Drugs and Stuff podcast, and I think he said you mentioned that most guys or most training people that train are um, overtraining in a sense. And I think this: I think they're overtrained, but not because they're training too hard. They're under recovering. They're not yeah, focusing yes, on the, right, the, the right. diet. You know what I'm saying? Like it, they might be overtrained, they might be overstressed and overworked, but it's not because they're going 110 percent in the gym. It's They've because they're not taking much. care of the other modalities. Oh, it's yeah, because they're not. 
it's because they're not sleeping, you know, seven, mm-hmm. eight hours a night. It's because they're yeah. not getting their six meals in a day. It's because they're, you know, they're drinking or, or whatever else it is that, that yeah. pulls away from our recovery. But, but because I think we're, I think we're all, you know, we sound like old guys here, but these kids don't <laughs> train hard enough today, but I really yeah. do think it's true. You know, yeah. here's um, what I figured out. This is, and this is what led me to more intensity. Okay. So I, I realized that for me, for my body type, because I've tried, you know, I've tried high volume. Maybe it does work for other people. Maybe somebody who is watching this does have really good genetics. You know, Brandon said he was like, yeah, I listened to because he, he's listening to all the podcasts, which is really cool. He's he's Brandon Curry's bodybuilding nerd in case you guys didn't know. <laughs> but, you know, he was like, I I uh, I held I held back. He said he held himself back because he didn't want to overdo it because he knew how important recovery was. And he was like, and then I realized and he didn't say this in a in a bragging way. He was like, then I realized I'm that few percent that doesn't have to hold back. But, you know, I realized the opposite. I realized like, OK, I'm training with a pro, this guy who has better genetics than me. And we were doing two and a half, three hour back workouts. And after five years, why is my back not the size of a pro's back? You know, some of it was technique, I think. Some of it was learning how to better activate, which we talked about earlier. But I think part of it, too, was that my body wasn't set up for that. I looked at my workouts. I'd get very, very sore. I'd feel like I got hit by a truck. My central nervous system would be screwed. Like, I'd I'd feel sick after those workouts. And I loved it because it was so freaking intense. Uh, But it took me a long time to recover from that versus what if I could get in more often? I learned from Scott Stevenson that every time you activate, every time you train a muscle, you get localized growth factors there. So if I can get those localized growth factors more often, maybe a guy like me who doesn't have the best genetics might have a better chance. You know, mm-hmm. so let's take that. Let's let's take the fact that you get like better protein synthesis in that muscle for a couple of days. Okay, what if I do that twice a week? Okay, now if I hit that twice a week then I can split my volume up in half, but I have to be able to recover from it. So that's when I realized to me, it's like the more I can get out of the, the, the least, the better that I will be able to recover. And I'll tell you what, if I can work up to one really intense, brutal, brutal set, like the kind of set that you, that makes you literally want to cry, then you can get through that. And I can recover a lot better than if I were to have done you know, seven sets instead. Uh, and I feel better. I recover better. And guess what? I grow too. So that's, yeah. that's my personal tale, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bodybuilders say they don't like science. Well, I just, you know, I'm going to go with the only the applying this and trying that and trial and error. Well, <laughs> that's science. It's yeah. a giant science experiment. Yeah, it's what you're doing. So you can say you don't like it, but that that's what you're doing. And that's the reality of it. It's a giant trial and error. You may get information from other people. You may get it, you know, listeners may get it from us, but they're getting it from a lot of people. And until you apply it and when you apply it, there's your science experiment. Well, let's take this one really quick because I'd be curious to hear uh, what you guys think. Oh, we got Nate Spear with us. Nate Spear is watching. Shout out to Nate Spear for joining us. Uh, Andrew and Nate and I, Skip, did a uh, a breakdown of the New York Pro. Nice. Yeah. Nate says, love to hear opinion on people that train a body part religiously and it becomes a great body part, uh, like girls with glutes. 
guys with arms. <laughs> Dude, there's girls that are training glutes like every day, basically. Oh, yeah. You can I've see got it. Some girls that were doing that. Yeah. yeah, and you can see it. You can see it on the, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a guess and say that the Instagram picture that I was so impressed with that I sent you from Shelby Starnes, I would guess that she is probably training the hell out of her glutes because there's just a different look these days to, and it's a good look, but, and I don't, I mean that from a competitive standpoint too, but it's a, it's a good look. It's a, it's good that the, those divisions are progressing, you know, in that direction, but it's just so obvious because the size of women's glutes are so, so drastically different than they were 10, 12 years ago. Andrew, take a look at those, uh, freaking. Glutes. Oh, I, I know exactly. Uh, I mean, I isn't that just her name is? crazy? Is her name Emma, I, can't, I believe. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Emma, Emma Fox. Fox. Yeah. Emma Fox. Yeah. Emma yeah, Fox. yeah, yeah no, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm always blown away when Shelby uh, reposts her pictures. That's, that's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it, like, what's unfortunate, she had her shirt on because her back is incredible yeah. as well. And so her triceps and everything else, she's just got an incredible physique. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So what does that tell us? Because, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying train more often, but don't do a lot. These girls, it almost contradicts the idea of this bikini girl who can grow great glutes by training them a ton. But it doesn't. It doesn't if that is what works for her or okay, someone yeah. else maybe only training them once or twice a week with higher intensity. So there's, there's the argument that it's just different for everybody. Yeah. 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 I think too that Plus, don't you think, um the glutes like in particular can take a beating. Like day after, you, you use your glutes yeah. all day when you stand up a chair, when you sit like so they can take a beating and, and yeah. repeatedly. I'm, I'm trying like, not to snicker. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to be the immature one here, but <laughs> it's too late for that, Skip. Yeah. You've already been branded. <laughs> But yeah, as far as recovery and everything else, and again, how intense are those everyday workouts? They're probably not ridiculously intense. Yeah. They're probably relatively brief or short relative to if she was going to train once or twice a week where it may be, you know, that higher volume. So again, recovery. And if she was responding well to it, then she's going to continue to do it because the recovery is there. If she wasn't responding well, then the recovery wouldn't be there. She'd probably be trying to fix them. Especially yeah, let's with be a real coach too. like Andrew. Let's be well, real I'm too. I'm sure... I'm sure they're not like training chest with that same intensity and everything else. If you, you can bring up, I think you can really focus in on one body part and bring it up. But if, if, and I think that if you were to say, do a lot less of everything else, maybe you have more recoverability then I don't know. Well, of course. But I also, when I see a picture like that, um, I kind of go back to genetics a little bit. Like, you don't build great glutes like that that look exactly like that unless you do have a genetic leg up in some sense. Oh, so yeah. Not to take anything sure. away from the work she's done. Like you mm -hmm. can't take a girl that's flat right. and make her look like that five years later. Like right. just like I can't look like Ronnie Coleman, even though I've probably done as many sets and reps or almost as many sets as reps and reps as he's done over the yeah. years. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, there is a genetic component there and she's exceptionally gifted in that department. Yeah. And I think that comes into play with, you know, male competitors as well. I've seen a lot of, we all have shredded competitors, but their glutes or you've seen, and I've seen this and I've tried to point it out to clients before so that they can see this just because you're shredded in your glutes. I've seen guys with shredded glutes and then their back and lats is nowhere near as shredded, but your eyes are drawn to this one 
thing that's been ingrained in us that that means they're shredded. So you don't notice something else that might be a little bit off. You're just drawn to the glutes and the hamstrings and you're just blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll go to the next question here. We had a few more pop up in the live feed. I'm going to let me run through a couple of these before we answer, because Matt asked to Matt. Uh, and then I also have a Matt Marshall question we're going to get to about post training, chilling out after you've gotten all amped up. Um, so his first one is, do you guys bump up the sodium pre-contest or uh, keep relatively the same amount in the off season? And then his next question is, have you guys encountered clients very prone to cramping? Uh, take Takes mineral supplementation, no clen involved and well hydrated. And also he says his sodium is high. Uh, Don't so we I, have a maximum cutoff for questions? I mean, but come I, on, man. <laughs> I felt like they all related. Like Let's just see how many I can ask before they stop me. <laughs> yeah, two-part question over three posts. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, run with it, Andrew. I'll, I'll back you up. Well, I, I got a little story. Uh, so 10 or 12 years ago, I was, like, addicted to Diet Mountain Dew. And I was drinking, like, a couple two-liter bottles a day. Like, that was my water, Okay. And all of a sudden, I'd be getting these weird cramps in my front delts. Mm -hmm. My eyes were cramping. Uh, my calves were cramping, kind of like the way some people do when they use clenbuterol. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, what, what is, you know, what is one thing I'm doing that I didn't used to do? And I started looking up carbonic acid, which is in soda. Carbonic acid leaches phosphorus out of your body. And it will cause muscles to cramp up the same way as if you have a, a mineral depletion of some other sense. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is maybe he should look at his diet as a whole or the other things he's putting into his body and see if there is something that maybe is interacting, mm. leaching and pulling, um, you know, either magnesium, phosphorus, calcium, one of the electrolytes out of his out of his system um, causing this cramp. Um, that's my little story. I can't remember what the full question was. I'm sorry. Oh, about sodium. Yeah, personally, like yep. I like to keep sodium pretty like really high. Um, yep. I, I, I have a rule for myself, like or, or a, a habit. I put ten shakes uh, or you know turns of my shaker, uh, salt shaker, on every single meal, uh, no matter what, whether it's a cream of rice meal, whether it's a chicken meal, whatever. Uh, I love salt because and if you keep it consistently that way, off season pre contest, especially pre contest, it's a very easy thing to manipulate. You don't necessarily have to tell right. a client if you want to pull sodium don't take in any sodium. All you got to say is, well, if you're doing 10 shakes, well, let's just do five for every meal. So now, you know, you mm -hmm. cut in half, right? Yeah. In a sense. So I think, I think it's, yeah. it's easier to do that because I used to have clients like try to, they'd send me a number, like I've had 3,600 milligrams of, ca of uh, sodium yeah. today. And I'm like, yeah. how do you even factor that? You know, like you don't yeah. know exactly yeah, yeah. what's in your chicken or exactly what's in this. It says it's it a lot of work to keep track of that. <laughs> yeah. And there's a thing called an Atwater scale that like, you know, figures out all this stuff based off of like, you know, where chick, uh, you know, where, where your chicken come from based off the grain that they eat and the, and the, the sodium mm -hmm. content and their diets and everything. But who knows where you're actually, what, what factory you're getting your chicken from or where you're getting your vegetables from, unless you're doing like a crazy amount of research. So I, I think right. it's easier just add your sodium to your diet. So then if you need to manipulate it, it's cut it in half or stop putting the salt on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As far as sodium, I'm, I'm, we're basically from the same camp. It should be high. Is, I mean, I try to run it as high to match the water. Well, not match the water. Okay. Sodium intake does have to be balanced with your fluid intake so that 
any extra sodium you are pushing out and you're not holding water, you're not increasing blood pressure that way, things like that. But sodium is incredibly important because of even just contractile force. The muscle will contract harder and be fuller. Yeah. You can also move carbohydrates and store them as glycogen quicker with sodium. So anytime you're loading carbohydrates, if you do it without sodium, you're going to have a hell of a time or a tougher time because it's not going to be as efficient of a process to store carbs as glycogen. Um, so that being said, I don't, I think his question was around sodium loading, right? And I'm not a big fan. Maybe it wasn't, but no, I'm not he a big just fan said, of loading uh, anyway. Yeah, so it's what, not gonna, what do you do with it, basically? For or it prep. wouldn't be any different from prep to off-season. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. And yeah. I don't load. And my reasoning for that is it should be high the whole time. It's the same. I do the same thing with water. Uh, I don't increase or decrease. It just has to be at a certain point at a couple weeks out, and then we maintain that. Uh, but the, the sodium should be high. The mineral thing, it's funny that you say that because soda <clears throat> can be horrible when it comes to issues like that. And you at least got to the point where it was something that was so obvious that you had to look at it. Hmm. So had you not gotten to that point, you still would have did because anytime you have that imbalance in electrolytes, you will lose contractile force, potentially lose strength. And I even have wondered too, and there may be something out there. I haven't checked on it because I just wonder and don't check. <laughs> but if there's an, an increased vulnerability to, for, um, like a muscle pull or a strain or an injury, basically, when there's that imbalance. And I would say that it's probably a safe assumption. So if anybody's out there that wants to, you know, prove me wrong, I guess go for it. But if you want to prove me right, I like you even more. I'd, I'd appreciate that. Um, the other thing that I think is kind of funny is anytime, and I know this is kind of, maybe not an old wise tale, but it's comparable where, you know, you're cramping, oh, you got to get some potassium. And even though that could be true, in my experience, I have found that it's, um, magnesium yes. that will help before anything else. And it can kind of chill you out at, you know, at bedtime. If you ever have a spasm, if you just sit there and you see your tricep, you guys have had that. That's something like the most obvious one, right? The outer tricep just wants to jump every now and then. And you think it's kind of funny until it's annoying and then it distracts yeah. you from everything you're doing. And some, typically if you take a little bit of magnesium at that point, it will knock it down because it's kind of a relaxing kind of relaxes the muscle as far as getting it, uh, you know, keeping it, I don't want to say wired, but for lack of a better word. So I don't know the third. I don't remember the third thing that he said. I covered two of the three. What was the last one? I think that was it. The last okay. one, he right. just was reiterating. He was saying he also took, a, he said he gets a good amount of sodium in. And if your sodium is high, then your water needs to be high. Because if your water falls and your sodium is high, you're going to be holding a lot of that water and your blood pressure will be up. And, it, you know, it's not a great thing to situation to be in. Excuse me. I found I tend to mm. cramp more when I get really lean. And it's harder for me to stay hydrated. You know, like when you get really, really lean, it's like that's mm -hmm. that's where I notice it. But I, you know, usually I'm taking Clen at that time too, and you know, there's a lot of factors. You're not holding much water, right? You're not really holding right. much water, e even if like you know everyone says, "Oh, I'm holding water" when they send their check-in picks, out yeah. But yeah. it's like, no, you're holding way less water than you did 30 pounds ago or 20 pounds right. ago. You yeah. Know? So yeah, there, there, there's definitely going to be a little bit of uh, minor dehydration there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But and how yeah. much are you losing when you train? I mean, are you training in Miami at Iron Temple with very low, uh, you know, air conditioning to the point where you don't know that there's air conditioning there and you don't care and you're in sweats and a sweatshirt and it's dripping off of you? That's the way I prefer to train. But you have to be very careful with your electrolytes in a situation like that and your fluid intake versus if you're in a 24-hour gym or 24-hour fitness and it's, you know damn near cold in there or it's chilly and you're hardly breaking a sweat you might be busting your ass but it's so chilly in there that you're 
you're not sweating as much. There's, you know, what's your job? Are you doing lawn maintenance all day in the middle of July? Yeah. Or do you sit behind a desk in a cubicle in an air conditioned, you know, office all day? There, there are other environmental factors that you have to take into consideration as well. And how much trend are you, you taking? To give, to give them some advice, uh, what I would do is I would add in um, uh, it's a product called Trace Minerals, uh, 40,000 volts, and it's got the magnesium, it's got um, calcium, it's got some sodium, it's got basically all your electrolytes. Tell them to do like, uh, I guess I can tell them directly, Matt, uh, do a <laughs> serving in the morning first thing and then do another serving either right before training or throw it right in your intra water, your intra drink if mm-hmm. you're drinking one. Um, I think that might help you out big time. And if you're using a salt, don't use just plain iodized table salt. I would use like a Himalayan salt or a Celtic sea salt that has a full spectrum of micro minerals, um, not just your sodium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the name of that product again? Uh, It's Trace Minerals, 40,000 volts. Yep. Yep. It also goes, I think, by they might have changed the name to Concentrace. I can't remember exactly. Okay. I, I, I still see it on the online as, as both products, but I think they're virtually similar. But it's from Trace Minerals. It comes in a blue bottle. Yep. Um, it t- tastes like salt, you know. Um, so yeah. I've used that, and then I use uh, this. Uh, it's called Ultima, and it's electrolyte blend. And you just take a scoop, put it in, you know. And I'll tell you what I noticed. Uh, I, I didn't know this all my life. But I'd find that when I did work a manual labor job, I would have some days, and like you said, skip summertime, you know, the warehouses that I'd be working in, they'd be hot. I'd sweat a lot. I'd keep drinking water. But no matter what, I'd get off work. It was time to train. And I could just tell, like, I felt like I was I was drained. The feeling, you know, the feeling when you've been mm-hmm. out in the sun and you feel drained, you are sure. dehydrated at that point. Um, yeah. I've since discovered this the Ultima Electrolytes. And I'll tell you what. I can, cons- it, it, this is the way I've explained it. I won't say that it's like a pre-workout where you feel stimulated, but I feel like that my energy level to train is more consistent and it, my endurance lasts longer. Like, and that's regardless, like some days you have really good workouts and other days you feel like you, you die out quicker. But when I use that product and I keep the, you know, my electrolytes up, I keep my minerals up then I feel like I'm, I'm consistently able to get the workouts in that I want to get. I think that's a huge factor. Oh, yeah. Well, what's the yeah. first thing you tell a client when, you know, let's say their carbs are really low. Um, they're three, four weeks out. They're like, man, I can't get a pump to save my life. For me, the first thing I tell them is like, all right, I want you to take a fairly whopping dose of sodium of salt, you know, before you go into the gym. And usually that'll, it won't completely fix the problem, but they're like, oh, I'm, I'm coming back to life a little bit, at least for Help, the training yeah. session. Yeah, yep. for sure. Dylan, Dylan Jaworkian says, I'm a, a pipe fitter, and you guys keep me entertained all day. Uh, he said he likes to listen to the show. How about nice. That? Yeah. He, mu- he must be talking about you, Skip. Yeah, he's watching us while he's laying pipe. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh I was yeah. waiting for something like that. He's- See, he's not laughing because he's rolling his eyes because he hears that all the time. Anytime you tell somebody he's a pipe fitter. <laughs> all right. I got one yeah. from Matt Marshall here. Uh, he's listened to this show or back before it was on video. He listened to PED, I believe. Even. Oh, geez. Do you guys have any tips to calm down after training? Techniques, sups, etc. He didn't actually say etc. I added that in there. Um, so that you can move from flight or flight excuse me, fight or flight to rest and digest as quickly as possible. I don't think you should be trying to, well, I got some things, but like, I don't think like 
like you shouldn't force it. Like I, I don't think you should be trying to move into it as quickly as possible. You should let it happen. Well, <laughs> I know I, I was going to go that. there too. Yeah. Someone was telling me there's a supplement called the uh, Delta eight, uh, which is similar to marijuana. It's a THC derivative or something like that, but it doesn't get you as high, but it, huh. it, it does get you back into uh, your uh, parasympathetic. But, you know, obviously, like, training is going to jack you up, get you into the sympathetic nervous system, all that good stuff. Uh, what I tell people to, on your on your ride home, do some deep belly breathing. Hmm. Um, that's been shown to help get you out of fight or flight and get you back into the parasympathetic. Or, um, you know, like, there's a reason why we do the cool down. Like, you know, like they always used to say back in gym class, uh, yeah. go, do, go do your stretching. Go do some uh, – I have a lot of clients do vacuum exercises after training oh. as part of their, you know – kind of cool them down a little bit and give them a little bit more time before they run and try to scarf down some food. Um, obviously when you're in prep and you're starving, you know, you just did, you know, an hour and a half training and 45 minutes of cardio and it's your second cardio of the day. You're probably walking over to that food and you're like, you're getting it in as quick as you can because your blood sugar's yeah. dipping. But, um, you know, most people, I, I tell them like, Hey, don't eat until you're hungry for one thing. Cause that's mm. a good sign that your, your, your fight or flights, you know, your, your, uh, parasympathetics back engaged, but do some deep belly breathing. Um, you know, or when you get home, take a shower first before you, you dive into the food. Um, but or like Scott said, take a little, take a few hits of weed. You know? I didn't really yeah. advocate that. I was kind of joking. But I, there's a lot of guys that do that, aren't there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I from actually Colorado. tried to get some of that Delta Eight that uh, Paige is talking about here, and uh, yeah. I can't get it shipped to Vermont, unfortunately. No kidding. It's, uh, yeah, you know that and like uh, kratom. You're not allowed to ship kratom to Vermont. Really? No kidding. Um, huh. hmm. Yeah, and, and like we were supposedly like one of like the marijuana state. Um, yeah, we were always like the green state for for a number of years, and uh, now it seems like everyone else is kind of passing by us. But yeah, hmm. yeah, I don't have too much of a problem myself when I'm done training. I I don't come off of a training session. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't come off of a training session honestly terribly amped up, uh, and it could be too because I don't live close to the gym. I mean, I guess I did in Fort Lauderdale briefly, but for the most part, you know, I've been 45 minutes, hour away, 30 minutes minimum usually. So maybe the drive kind of decompresses me and it's at night. I wonder if there's a difference too, because it's been years since I trained in the morning or earlier in the day. And mm -hmm. I don't remember if that, if I would come off of those workouts amped up or not, but I know now by the time I get home, I'm pretty fucking chill. I can sit my, sit on my dead ass in front of the TV and eat and watch Netflix for an 30 minutes, 60 minutes, and then get to work. But uh, I don't have that type of an issue. I'm not amped up when I'm done. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if it's legs or if it's arms or, or what the deal. It's it's pretty much all the all the same. Here's a here's a question for you. Like even if you don't feel amped up um, and you eat a meal, say 20, 30 minutes after you got done training, do you notice a difference digestive digestion wise? Versus like, you know, when you got the 30 minute drive home, then you sit on the couch, get your meal. It's been an hour almost at that point. You know, I don't eat right away. Yeah, I can't eat. Typically can't eat right away, especially don't eat right away after legs. So even if it takes me 30 minutes to get home, I may not eat for another half hour. I'm not in the it's just not there. The appetite isn't there. So but I don't feel I guess I'm just stuck on that amp, the word amped. I just don't feel amped up. But um Maybe inside. Maybe I've just been doing it too damn long. <laughs> I don't, maybe you I always are. I think yeah. you skip. You always are amped up. Yeah. That's what it yeah, is. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't it's notice probably it. a trained thing, too. With with Obviously, with experience, you know how to walk into the gym calm and turn it on for training yeah. 
and then right. also turn it back off when it's time to go back to work or trying to get ready for bed, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get it though. Be. I get it. And you know what I've been doing lately is, and I grabbed this file. I want to see if this animated file will work if I post it up here. Nope, it doesn't work. So this animated file counts down four seconds. And right now it says breathe in. This is box breathing. And then it goes to, then then you can see breathe in is lit up in, in white. And then it goes to the the hold is lit up for four seconds. Then breathe out for four seconds. Wow. And this trains, like Navy SEALs use this so that they can yep. stay calm in battle. Um, this is something that, a lot, you know, it's used, it's, it's proven to work. Um, and I started practicing it. In fact, I just did it a minute ago while you guys were talking. I did it, counted in my head the four seconds. And I'll tell you what, I don't even get through one full cycle. And I already feel myself like come way down. So oh, you, you can test your blood pressure. You, you can test your blood pressure before doing it and then utilize that that technique. And it'll be like several points significant, not crazy significant, but noticeably yeah. Uh, lower. Yeah. Yeah, it works well. Um so here's what I've done is I wake up in the morning and I try to remember to do it early in my day to kind of set my set my day up right. And then I try to remember through the day, like I'll even notice I've been paying attention since I had gotten, you know, the pneumonia and everything. I focused more on what my lungs are doing. And I've noticed in I noticed this before that, though, too, in my training, I can tell like when I'm getting amped up, my breaths start getting really short. And I almost go into like this hyperventilating state that I, I created on purpose. And sometimes I begin pacing a little bit and I can feel my heart rate getting up and I can feel myself getting amped. I'm doing it right now, you know, the way I'm breathing. And then uh, and I, I can do the same thing sitting in front of my computer because I'm trying to get something done quickly. I'm trying to edit a show or whatever and I'm on the crunch time. And then I stop and I'll be like, hey, box breathe. And I swear to God, it like, boom, levels my, my, my mind state instantly. So hmm. that's my take. That's on. exactly what I'm talking about with the deep belly breathing, Scott. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. That's That's how I describe it. I'm like four seconds in, but breathe into your stomach, hold it for four seconds out over four seconds. Yeah. Four se- exact same exact technique. Yep. That's cool. And I, looked, I did read that thing about the Navy SEALs using that. Yeah. That's cool. I suggest Matt does this to see how that works. I think we had some other questions up here. Here's one. Um, nope, that was the question we just did. Um, all right, I do have some more over here. I shall find. It's going to take me a second, though. I well, think. while you're doing that, I want to encourage anybody listening that when they make their next true nutrition order a protein to try the chai latte because really? that is the yeah that is the flavor of the month. And I just had to order five pounds and see what it tastes like because I'm kind of a chai guy. I rhymed right there. I did that on purpose. Uh, Ethan, one of okay. the guys I work with who listens to the show, he tried the red velvet that you suggested, and he said it was the bomb. Yeah, it really is good. I was surprised. And I'm honest enough. I'm pretty honest. I If there's a flavor that I don't like, I'll be like, I'll hit up Dante. I'll be like, dude, that tastes like Fireball. That is not Cinnabon. <laughs> but it, what How happens is. Cake? Yeah, same cake? thing. Ever, there's just too I much. It's, it's I didn't like that one. No. Yeah, it's just a little off. And I'm honest about it because there's plenty of them that taste really good. But that's why I was impressed with the Red Velvet. I, and I still say, try this. Wipe the red velvet out of your brain and just taste it and tell me it doesn't taste like caramel. It's yeah. got a caramel taste to it. It's kind of an odd, but it's so good. 
It's really, I think it's one of their better, probably one of the best new flavors I've had in a couple of years. Cause I'm a salted caramel. I keep, I'm boring. Salted caramel, or I combine them vanilla with, you know, have you tried mocha uh, salted caramel? Uh-uh. I haven't had any protein outside yeah. of, I bought Isopure once in like the last 10 years. Cause I ran out of true nutrition. How bad is that? I have not had anything other than true. Nut- oh I, yeah. Isopure. It was like, cause I even had the regular drink at the gym one day. Cause I didn't have anything. And you know what that's from? That's from being old school because they've been around long enough that at least off the shelf 10, 12, 15 years ago, it was probably one of the best off the shelf proteins as far as quality. Like you could you could count on it at least being high quality where everything else would assay at like 75%. I mean, it, mm. was, it was like, holy shit. And I don't want to mention any names, but y'all know them. Here's a, here's a question for us. A uh, question on vascularity. Is it based on condition or genetics? And uh, what is the effect when competing? I think he means by like, you know, does it help you in your placings? Yeah. hmm. Here's the thing. You're not ever going to get judged on vascular because you can be vascular, vascular, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're lean or stage ready. But there's the other side of the coin, too, where, you know, the leaner you are, you're you're obviously going to see more vascularity because you're not as fat so it it shouldn't matter but at the same time um and i do think that it's it's a bit of a genetic well let's see i got to be careful with this i don't know this necessarily genetic but there's a genetic component in the sense that some people can be shredded not terribly vascular where other people can be shredded and be really vascular i also think that there's a there's you will get more vascular as you train more in your body. I mean, basically what's happening is you're, you're, it's, it's massive vasodilation over because your body has to move more blood. And so to do that, it increases the size of the pipes. I mean, it's like a large city infrastructure that you may need larger sewer lines or larger water lines underneath the road to handle more volume. And essentially that's what's happening. You build those over time, but I have seen people who will get shredded as shit and they're just not all that vascular. So there is a genetic component, but yet you can build it at the same time. And I will say one thing too, because I think it's something to kind of a mantra to think vascularity and fullness are married. Mm. They're, they're so directly related because if you're trying to fill out for a show and you are a naturally vascular person, but you don't see the vascular, you're not filling out. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're flat means you're, you're not as going to be as, you're not going to be as vascular and filling out or now you may not be full, but if you see the vascularity kicking up, then you, basically the carbs are being delivered. You just got to wait it out. <laughs> you'll get, you'll get more full. Yeah. Are you guys, on, do you agree with that or? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. All right. 100%. Absolutely. I do. I do have a question as a, for you as a judge, Skip. Do you think the vascularity can hurt you in some like, mm. for instance? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh-huh. There's a competitor. I'm not going to say any names, but there. Let's say someone has a crazy amount of veins in their in their calves and their legs. Mm-hmm. It makes you look at them. You know, as you're taking the body in, you kind of look at them for a second. Exactly. As a judge, does that play in a little bit? Um, it it does. I don't know that there's any real written rule of that, but I treat them much like I do tattoos. Really? If they distract me from the total package, if I'm looking at, let's say a competitor who's really good, 
Yeah. I mean, we may well be talking about the same competitor. <laughs> really good. And then you, put you're a drawn. Up? No, please don't. Because I don't want it to be, no. you know, uh, because the physique is incredible. Yeah. Exactly. No, the, the physique is incredible. And I would bet that he would be like, oh, I wish I wasn't as vascular in in my calves and in my lower legs because it, it is kind of a distraction. The cool thing is the rest of his physique is fucking incredible. So it does eventually pull you away from that. But um, I, I, it does, it can be a distraction, it, but is it really a written thing where you go, Oh, I'm going to mark him down for that. Probably not. Um, and would he not have as much vascularity if he wasn't as lean and peeled and in crazy condition? Probably. But if you get the job done and you're the baddest motherfucker out there and you can beat everybody and have something that isn't ideal, like you're a badass. Andrew Barry, when are you getting on stage next? It's a big secret. Big secret. <laughs> That's uh, right. No, I'm, I'm a little under seven <laughs> weeks out from the uh, old man class at the universe. Oh, nice. No kidding. Nice. I didn't even know this. Very cool. You haven't noticed my face getting leaner every week? It <laughs> <laughs> means I'm not working hard enough. <laughs> Andrew's over there not eating as much. I don't know what the fuck's going on, Scott. Yeah. Skip, <laughs> when are you getting on stage uh, next? Shit. I, my knee is doing really well. Yeah. I have two weeks. Yeah. In fact, I was walking around last night and I told my wife, I'm like, oh, my God, my knee feels so stable that I had to remind myself to be careful with my knee because everything feels good. So 20 it's weeks, one it's one day at a time. No, it won't be. I just want to get back to training legs. I swear, even if it's light, just give me a pump in my legs and I'll be. Yeah, I'll be happy. I do go see an orthopedic specialist in just a couple of weeks, but I'm hoping that I won't need to see him. It just taking a little while to get in to see him because he's a good one. So okay. we'll see. Nice. I think that's all we got, guys. I think that was uh, all the questions. Did you uh, did you catch anything from the uh, the New York Pro Skip? I didn't. You no, were I didn't. Oh, I had, you were busy this week, weren't you? Yeah, it's been. A, I'm sleeping at night like a regular person, so Why? my body is kind of all messed up. You know, it, it, primarily because in the next few weeks I will start training a client down in Miami. So it's cool because I'm going to go down there when he's a cool guy and I'm going to actually train with him. Oh. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't normally do that, but I think this is a good fit. And I don't, I, I don't want to make that long of a commute. And then st I'm, I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone. And I, I told him that I'm like, I, I, to do this, I have to be able to train with you because other that will help me with my time management instead of having to then come back all the way back up north and train myself later in the day. So it's also getting me back to Iron Temple, which if anybody knows me at all, that's my favorite gym ever. Hallelujah. It's just to me, it's just the greatest. I call it a shithole, but I mean that as a term of endearment. I don't mean it as something bad. I like garage style, rusty weights, people yes. yelling because it takes me back to when I first started training at the, at my Y center in battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah. So it, it, that it's, to me, it's kind of a nostalgic sort of thing. And it's just the environment that I'm used to. And those gyms are hard to find. Well, they're not hard to find, I guess, in the sense you can find, you know, dirty gyms, but, but gyms that have that atmosphere and the equipment 
and the, you know what I mean? It's a combination of everything. And it's just to me, it's so awesome. So to get the opportunity to go back, because I won't drive down there myself. Yeah. I'm not getting paid for it. That's really kind of the kicker. And I'm getting paid. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm getting paid very well to go down there. So it's a great opportunity. So now I have to sleep, not necessarily at night, but not go to bed at 6 a.m. Okay. And so that I'm up, I got to be up at like 930 here in just a. It's like normal people hours. By the way, he was drinking a monster as we started this. That's not, yeah. I think, setting him up for a good oh, sleep. I just learned something today about those drinks. Uh, oh, maybe it's the Bang Energy drinks. Rachel was just telling me they some big study came out on them. You know, how they say they have 300 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, they only they only have 100. What? Oh no, kidding! Like, the, they, what? They've had some major some major truth in advertising stuff that uh, wow. I think people drink them and they thinking that they're taking 300 sure. milligrams. No, of there's something to other, it because I get the. I, I feel it. A, Scott always talks about the placebo effect, right? Yeah. Isn't Scott always talking about the placebo You've been I, fooled, I think people, Scott. Because there's some kids in my gym that'll drink two of them back to back. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll go home at 7 o'clock at night and go to bed. I'm telling you, I there's something else to it because I'm sensitive. I I I will drink and because I've tried. Like a, there was a point when I first – when I actually, I'm remembering it was when I first started coaching full time and I would drink a monster in the morning. And then I just ended up with a bang and I was like, oh, I'll drink this instead. I had a couple of them and I got like anxious. It wasn't a good like there was something more to it. I don't know if it's well, there's the, other shit in there. I wonder too, if that's, that's what it is. So bad. I wonder if that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they taste very good. That's just me. I no. cannot drink them because they taste so they t taste like chemicals. It doesn't taste right yeah. to me. I don't know. Yeah, we did have another question. The uh, the new fit equipment like that opinions on those things the you know the newbie oh God, I, I, you know i, I asked my pt about head. this i asked my physical therapist about this the other day and she had never heard of heard of it uh, and i sent her some some uh instagram posts and she never got back to me about it hmm. uh, i don't know much about them either yeah i, I don't, don't know either i don't and maybe i've seen them but i can't put the name with the equipment i don't know what it's it is the, it's the you know the people like they're do, if say you're training quads they'll put these pads on their quads and do like the leg extensions and i guess i think it's oh. you know like the stim machine the tens yeah, yeah, the tens yeah. unit i think yeah. it's a really intense tens unit but i've only seen like really good pros posting pictures of it saying they're having results with it like yeah. like dexter uh used it or uh yeah. and brad rowe was using it you know Heather Grace so again i kind of go back at arms too oh really okay yeah, yeah it's yeah, getting more popular now yeah, because yeah. I, I know Dusty's been using one. Yep. Um, yep. My friend Bill Toko, shout out to Bill. Uh, he's starting a. He's opening up this really cool gym here in Detroit. Um, he's uh, he has like a whole vision for it. It's going to be all Arsenal equipment. It's not a big gym, but it's a really nice setup with really cool yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty badass. So all yeah. Arsenal equipment, and he's working on getting one of those machines there. So that people, you know, one more reason to draw people in. It's just going to be a training studio, by the way. This isn't even open to the public. Uh, some people may be getting a key fob. And if nice. you're friends with those people and you're in Detroit, then maybe I'll yeah. take you there. Uh, Don't mention his name, but it rhymes with tot. Exactly. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. And I know that yeah. uh, we have a listener. I believe his, uh, his Instagram handle is next level or nothing. I think that's right. Uh, he is in, he's in the Florida area. He's in Florida. He might be in Tampa actually. Uh, and he's, he's a practitioner that uses this machine oh. as well. 
Yeah, I just started following him last week, actually, because uh, he sent me a message. Uh, he followed me, and so I was looking, and I, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. He listens about. to all the shows, so I'm sure he's yeah. he's heard you talking here and everything. Nice guy. Now he had they use this too for injury stuff. He had uh, shown me this video that he had of Phil Viz, where Phil's had a bunch of shoulder issues, and uh, he they used the newbie on him, and he said his range of motion was literally like fixed. It was better the next day. Or maybe it was like later that day. I don't know. I hope it works for injuries, but I hope it doesn't work for training. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, I don't I want to have to train with all these fucking wires. Because <laughs> I'm not that coordinated. I'll be tripping and falling and swearing and pissed. And it'll take too long between sets because I'm putting all this shit on. Or somebody's got to put it on. Because you have to be certified to put it in the right place. It just seems, it, on the surface, I'm going, oh, it's overcomplicating. I hope this doesn't work. But maybe it does. There's already... Know. There's already enough uh, kids with like the tripods making videos of one rep hacks with like 175 or whatever. I don't want to fuck with a resistance band or chains. I <laughs> damn sure don't want to fuck with anything with cables and wires and everything else on it. So Ben is actually a chiropractor. He's using it. That's why he was asking our opinions oh, on nice. it. He okay. knows more about this than we do. There's that. Yeah. He says, I'm a chiropractor. Yeah, you're educated, Ben. We're yeah. not educated. You're asking the wrong people. You're a doctor of chiropractic. Yeah, you're educated. You're a smart guy. He said uh, he said that he's been using it and that he's seen good results. That uh, he's been, what, here's this one. I'm treating her with knee pain uh, and under-firing quads. He said, check out. Okay, but is he using it? Just, he's using it just for injury rehabilitation versus. And, like, and. Getting- and under firing quads. Damn. So take okay. a muscle that, that isn't like, I need it for my back, for instance, like my lats. Maybe gotcha. I could, you know what I'm saying? Check yeah. them out. Rod R I three, three, four on the, on we the need brand. to come up with pads and that don't have wires. We need wireless new fit or newbie. What's it called? Newbie or new fit, new fit, new fit. Okay. I think there's two. Of, I thought there were two companies and I, thought i heard they just joined together newbie and new fit together i thought okay. i saw that i might be because i looked one up uh a couple weeks ago because i i've got a issue with my terry's and i was thinking about maybe buying one until i saw the price tag and i'm like uh probably not <laughs> skip your, you're not in tampa are right. you skip no i'm in west palm that's what i thought because you said i'll be in tampa bay on wednesday if you want to try a free demo oh i mean it's three hours the only thing is i'll, I'll um, be in tampa in august <laughs> ah, that's right. I'd make that drive for Andrew. Three hours? Three hours? That's three, three and a half. Yeah, it just depends on the time of day. Yeah. I, I was at Fort Lauderdale last year at the is it a powerhouse gym up on the um is that is that retrain in Fort Lauderdale? Oh the powerhouse no. The powerhouse in the other one it's like on the top shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not a bad gym. Not a bad. No, it's a little, not- I told you. I didn't even realize I'm sitting there and the guy's like, so what do you think about the place? You know, it's pretty decent gym, huh? I'm like, yeah, it's a little too clean for me. Like, cause like you were saying, like, I like the, the owner. So then I, I didn't realize it's the owner. So then my, yeah. I did like some of his equipment. It just yeah. looked a little too, um, uh, what's that gym chain? Uh, it's life, lifetime fitness. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, a much richer little clientele. Uh, the owners yeah. are loaded. The backstory is they, I gotta be careful because I don't want to sound disrespectful, but it's very difficult in a in a where they are in a very rich mall to be successful with a gym. They're the the kids' parents own 
like a chunk of this fucking mall or they manage the, it's something to that effect so they have a suite yeah. set up or mm. they're building another one a little bit further south um down in i think down in davy um but yeah they they have a connection that most people wouldn't have and they're relatively young kids like you wouldn't notice you wouldn't think that they would own the place they've been in the titan a couple of times he was younger than me yeah exactly he was, he was younger yeah. than me and, I, and yeah. i'm like you you own this up in this because I'm th- sitting here. I'm like the rent on this place must be like fifty grand oh, yeah. a month at, at yeah, least. Absolutely. You know, wow. I mean the location. It's like right up near the water. Like you know, mm-hmm. you can walk to the water in like two minutes after you walk out. And you don't have to walk stuff. through the mall. Like you get in the elevator and go up the stairs to the. Because what threw me was I was like a gym in a mall. Like come on, you guys are gonna yeah. fail miserably. Yeah. But it's a it, it is in the mall, but it's not. You don't walk through the mall with your bags and then come in the front like you would come in the you know Abercrombie and Fitch yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> But it is a nice hookup. It's just very, if if I were single and I was, you know, out on the market <laughs> looking know. for ass, I would be training there. <laughs> that, would, that would definitely be the spot to go. Yes, Absolutely. that would be the spot. Absolutely. We got one more question from Matt. He says, uh, do you guys ever consider holding a seminar? I feel like we hold a seminar every other Sunday at 7 p.m. I know. What's the problem, Matt? Come on now. Plus, this is your fourth question. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> no. you guys, no, I'm kidding. Do you guys hold seminars locally? I used to do. I used to travel quite a, quite a bit back 2010, 11, 12. And because I my kids and I was kind of gone, I don't want to say all the time, but I was traveling so much. I would also travel and be like with a client for a week and stuff like that. And it mm. was cool and it was fun. But then it just became too much. And so I backed away from it and I never really kind of jumped back in now that my kids are gone i don't have too much to do and my wife doesn't like me very much i might get back into it you can do it man you're in a great place for it too you know yeah Yeah, absolutely i think which i just i have so much going on here's the thing i'll be completely transparent i did the seminars not to make money doing the seminars but for exposure and for content more than anything and i still think that's the way to go because i don't think there's a ton of money and it may be different than it was 10 years ago don't get me wrong but there's not a ton of money you you kind of want to do it for exposure to put information out and kind of draw in um clients that More way myself. exactly yeah and um i i, I would do it this... but i don't oh no go ahead oh sorry i, I had a question well, i was gonna say like because i've been wanting to do it I, I keep getting asked to do it and the problem i have is finding the time to put the material Mm. in one format that's sure. easy to present to people. And I've, I've said I was going to do one for two years now. I'm, oh, I'll do it in the fall or I'll, I'll do it in my uh, slow season in the winter. But it just never, you know, it never goes on paper, never into a PowerPoint or right. anything like that, you know. Yeah, it's did, very did you have trouble with that? I had, yeah. I think my hang up now is just the time to actually do it. When I do have down, because I'm training people now one-on-one where I wasn't for 18 years. My time isn't, I mean, I still have some time, but when I have the extra time I look at my weekends now and I go, Oh, I don't really want to travel. Um, I do have an opportunity and COVID squashed it because we were only about four, four and a half months out from doing it. But I was going to do a seminar in, um, Qatar and, and, and it was going to be like two seminars. Basically one was for gym people. Uh, and then the other one was for certifications for their, like, like, almost like continuing credits, I guess, for certification for personal trainers, which those things excite me a little bit more because they're a little bit more advanced. Yeah. When you're talking to people from main that are mainstream, they're not even really bodybuilders. It's very rudimentary and, and it's borderline bo- boring, but because they have so much fucking money over there, 
I was going to take my chances. <laughs> and, and it was just a good hookup because I had a client there and his dad is great. His dad is a doctor and was help, has helped me not only with my hip last year, but also with my knee situation right now. So uh, to be able to hang out with them and, and stuff, there was just a lot of a lot of cool things involved. And we still plan on doing it, but we have to let all the COVID thing because I may be in Florida and they're dropping the restrictions, but these other countries, you know, the UK and everything else, they're still, you know, Australia, they're still in a world of shit. I mean, they're like we were eight months ago. I mean, it's, it's rough. They're just now getting back into the gym. So, yeah, but I, I enjoy should, doing it. It's a lot of fun. I would be interested to hear either you guys speak at a seminar. I think that'd be really cool. Andrew, I feel like that would be great for your business too. You know, it would be, It'd be a really cool thing. I see a lot of guys that are, you know, doing the seminar thing now. Uh, and it, I'm sure you could put something together that'd be really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do to, you know, help educate more people and everything. But I think yeah. you run into that problem where you get to a client load that takes up your whole day and half your weekends. And you're like, you know, I'll, I'll do it when I get when, when things slow down. But things never slow right. down at a certain point, you know? Yeah. Nope. If you ever want to do it and you need somebody to do it with, give me a call because I would be glad to take part. I think the last one I had an opportunity was with um, Sandy Aragon and Carlos Rodriguez. They were opening one of the gyms in Miami and I was locked in and I had something like three weeks out that totally and I felt horrible because I had to cancel. But I when I did cancel, it was three days ahead of when eight. So they had somebody else that was able to step in and I felt a little bit better about it, but it, I had no choice. I had, I can't remember what it was, but it was not, it wasn't good. It was something I had to, to do, but they are fun. I'll tell you, here's the one drawback. Told me about that. Be, he's, he's still really upset at you. Oh yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I thought maybe no, he I'm, did. I'm and I was like, Oh shit, totally really? Oh, man. Totally I did. I felt bad because <laughs> I was flattered that they asked me. Um, and, and the gym was badass too, but here's the one downfall of doing a, doing a seminar. If you ever get a seminar, you always have that one fucking asshole and you can see him coming in. It's not that big, but he's got a little tight, your little sleeves are a little snug. He's got a fucking notebook. And what he's going to do is he's going to scrutinize every, and he sits in the front every single fucking time. And he'll be hanging on your every word, but then he wants to try to blow you up during the Q&A. Anytime he gets a chance yeah. to say something. And so now, when I say now, I started, I got to the point where I would say before I started a seminar, and I was light about it, but I was being honest. If you're, I would explain this and I would say, if you're the asshole who's here to be confrontational and try to impress everybody else in the room, you might as well leave now because I'm going to rip you to shreds. And that doesn't mean that they left, but at least if you're going to come at me, know that I'm not going to be nice about it because I, I, it used to just drive me fucking nuts. We did uh, kind of, would you call that a seminar we did at the Arnold? Not yeah, really. I mean, it was a podcast in the sense that we recorded it, but it, it, I'm sure that it, I mean, still, as far as information, it was. It was seminar like, but the, it, we all kind of tag teamed it. We did, yeah. uh, we did a I, I, kind of a seminar, which was cool. It was the first oh, workshop. ever workshop, workshop live podcast uh, event at and the it was Arnold fun. Classic. We did that like literally at the Arnold Classic. We, yeah. uh, Thanks to Mike Clay, uh, best bar ever. We were able to secure a room there. And uh, yeah, we ran that on Saturday. If we were to do that again, we did it Saturday morning. I would have done it after prejudging, Saturday afternoon. We should try to do something like that and see if there's just, an, maybe there's not. But we could do it see again. If there's an opportunity to do it at the O or at the, you know, the Arnold. Are they running the Arnold late this year? 
Uh, Arnold is, is just going to probably be just a show, though. Is there's not going to be uh, not the expo? Yeah. So we yeah. and the cool thing is is that bodybuilding nerds and us have a pretty good draw in the Midwest between, and I've got you know some good connections in in uh, Columbus, so that that worked out well. It being in like you know wherever things move, Santa Monica or. The Olympia. Yeah, because they're talking about moving it. Yeah, and the, yeah. the Olympia, if that's going to be, you know, in Florida. I don't have yeah, those no. same connections there. But, you know, we could figure something out. That'd be cool. And it would be awesome to have to have us all together and, and do that kind of thing again. I got invited to speak at Swiss this past year, which was a huge honor to me. And then it didn't happen yeah. because COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, um, then I, we're, it looks like... Uh, uh, Ken is going to hold, it's going to be like an online thing. He's going to basically do it as like, an, I've actually helped him set it up. He's basically doing what we're doing right now. He's going to have people on and there's going to be like little 20 minute uh, videos basically or, or what they're going to come down to. So looks like I'll probably be doing that uh, pretty soon here, I think. So that'd cool. be kind of cool. But yeah, I'd be up for setting something up with you guys if we could figure anything out, man. Even even if we did some type of like formatted online seminar type thing that would be helpful for all parties, I think that'd be fun. Sure. I got I think one more comment here and I think it was a nice uh a nice comment, so I shall read it. Scott, this is an awesome show. What I mean is an in-person thing. Oh, because I was saying the show is, yeah, in in-person thing is what he was looking for. Maybe so a full day or Matt, two. If you ever, if Matt ever gets a chance, and if John Meadows ever does them again, he does awesome two-day seminars. Um, I've helped him out with a bunch of them in Canada yeah. and whatnot. But uh, yeah, like you know, day one <clears> is usually chalk. You know, he goes to training, nutrition, PEDs. You know responsible use all that stuff and then does a whole probably two hours of question and answer and you can ask anything you want and then the second day is usually training and he breaks it up into like four blocks and you can pick which body parts you want to train with them so if there's 20 people oh. they'll try to get it about five well one time we had everyone that was like no we want to do everything with you guys so we just literally broke it up into a and b and all 20 people came to a and did like we did an upper body workout and then they all came they, they went home had lunch and you know rested a little bit and then we did legs uh, for a PM session, just beat the hell out of them over, over a full day. Wow. Um, Thanks. And, and everybody like got a ton of information. They got a ton out of it, new exercises, different techniques, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, did you video it? I don't think we videoed that one other than just some, um, promo stuff for his okay. website and for yeah. maybe his Instagram. But I, but I, I know he's, he's videoed a, a bunch of seminars on the mountain dog site. Yeah. Yeah. I was there yeah. for a couple of them that he's done at the Arnold, but it was just like a one day, thing he did the one with scott stevenson and eric serrano yep. and then the year before that it was just him and scott yeah i picked some stuff up from that though like some of it it's like I, i've heard john talk so much i didn't think i'd learn anything you know and then i still i, I like i i learned some stuff same with scott you know it's like i've heard scott talk for like a hundred zillion hours now mm -hmm. anyway let's get out of here guys we a lot uh, of hours <laughs> yes hundred zillion yes yeah. uh guys uh Go to teamskip.com, email Do Skip, it. scrutinize everything he said on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And then write me nasty, troll me, send me nasty emails and comments and everything else. But you, you can, can hire, hire me because I got to feed my kids. So there's, I mean, there's that. There is that. Or you can hire Andrew or you can, yeah, you hire, can hire me. Andrew. 
I mean, I guess. You can reach out to Andrew. <laughs> head on over to uh, uh, Instagram. You'll find him there. Find me at the Gram as well. And, uh, of course, check out our sponsor, True Nutrition, and try. What flavor was that, Skip? Chai latte. Uh, I'm not a chai guy. I'm not yeah. sure Andrew is either. <laughs> nah, he was shaking his head the whole like, time. Oh, it's like, give nah, me a dirty I've, I've tried it. I've yeah, tried it a few times. It's just not, yeah, it's not my thing. You know, I'll, try, I'll do, I'll do green tea try. or I'll do black tea or I'll do a coffee, but not chai. Right. Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate brother. you coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, I was going to watch you guys anyway. So <laughs> see you guys. 